Fox Sports Indiana, and you're listening to Small Town Sports Talk. Hello and welcome to Small Town Sports Talk, brought to you by Endeavor Communications. I'm Jonah Freeman, joined by Andrew Willett. Andrew, how are you today, man? Jonah, never been better. And as always, super excited for today's show. We've got a couple of guests as this time of year in Indiana. Uh, it's football state finals, and we've got a couple of guests who are right there. It's uh, first time uh, a person has been on the show more than one time. It's Mr. Mark James, <laughs> coach. Uh, welcome to the show. And we're also joined by broadcast partner, uh, standout wide receiver at Warren Central and Purdue, and a stellar coaching career at Lebanon and Franklin Central, excuse me. So really uh, glad to welcome in Coach Scheib, Lance Scheib, and Mr. Mark James. Guys, how are you doing? Uh, great, guys. Thanks for having us on. I appreciate it. I haven't seen Coach Scheib in a while. I've missed him, so thanks for having us on. So It's been about 24 hours, so right now we're, we're struggling with all this, uh, this being, being, being apart, but it's good to see you guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining us. It's uh, not long after the 5A and 6A games you called Friday and Saturday night. Let's start with uh, Friday night. How did a uh, football game go? How'd that go? Coach, I'll let you go ahead. Well, I think it was, uh, it, it, it was a game that uh, pitted two local schools, uh, one of them being Seneca Grove, who uh, did an incredible job all year of being the number one team preseason living up to, to that hype, going undefeated and capping it off uh, in the state championship with a win against Westfield. And uh, Westfield did a great job, came out of the north. It was, a, it was two uh, really good teams, and uh, Santa Grove was able to come ahead or come out with a victory. Yeah, I think uh, for me it, it was uh, not exactly similar, but somewhat similar to, to the 6A game a year ago, which oddly enough involved Santa Grove because uh, – Center Grove was kind of a surprise that they were there because they had some key people get injured. And, um, you know, Westfield suffered the same fate this year. I mean, they're, they're, they're best defender. And, and I think their most potent weapon offensively probably was what coach about 50%. I mean, he, he's due for surgery. I, I believe this week, in fact, and, and really gutted it out. Um, and I, I, I think, uh, you know, it, Westfield showed that they are indeed a talented football team, but uh, I know that, uh, you know, Jonah, you're, you're a student at Monrovia High School. Andrew, you, you've been a student at Monrovia High School. We all know Coach Blank, and, you know, Coach Blank's a pretty humble guy about the Center Grove Trojans with all the success that they had, and even Tom Blank said going into this year that they had a shot to win it all, and if Tom Blank says that, then then you can believe it for sure, because he doesn't talk like that very often, and uh I don't know that uh, Coach Shive, you can you can expand on this. I, I can't expand. I, I can't buy into the theory that they're the greatest team of all time in high school football because there's been some awfully good ones. But uh, I understand why Center Grove is certainly part of that conversation. You know, Center Grove up front is and was incredible. They really did a great job there. Their two ends in particular, and Curry and Booker. Both are, are multi-offered uh, uh, Power 5 school uh, type players. Uh, they're really good defensively. They were solid. Offensively, they do what Eric Moore does with one little twist. They had Taven Jackson. Taven Jackson is a Power 5 quarterback. He's really, really good. And, you know, he made them really uh, go, especially we saw this. Mark, Mark and I had this game, their game last year. They felt like this year's season started in the second half of last year. 
Yeah. And that was kind of the coming out party of Taven Jackson. Uh, and he really carried them when, when they needed to. I thought it was really interesting, Mark, when, you know, Eric Moore's comment was, we are a, a, running, a running program. He right. did say a run first team this year, but they're a running program. And everyone likes to stack the box against that wing T. And Taven Jackson made it, uh, you know, really hard to be able to do that. And, and uh, Delphi and Veith were phenomenal on the outside. But, you know, they're really, really good. To sit there, I always think it's really hard to say they're the best. I think they're the best in 2020 by far. Sure. But I think it's really hard to say how they would, they would compare against some of the best ever because some of the best ever in that time period was the best ever. Uh, right. I think it's really doing a unfair justice when you try to think this is the best team. I think they're, they're certainly in the conversation. I think they certainly are a really good football team. When you can go 7-0 in the Mick, I don't care what year it is. That's really difficult to do. In, in some cases, uh, some might believe it's harder to go undefeated in, in the Mick than win a state championship. Well, and I asked him about his defense, and he said, you know, a lot of guys, sports writers, broadcasters, don't really know enough about football to ask about defense. They they can't talk about different coverages and stunts and things of that nature and, uh, you know, different techniques. Uh, but but he said, uh, our offense is designed to protect our defense. I mean, we, we want to keep opponents from having the football. Uh, when we have the football, we like to score, and we like to put – pressure on teams that way and clearly this year they did an effective job but you know they've they've had uh, you know so, some outstanding running backs there over the course of the years that we've watched them and uh, uh, certainly uh, Carson Steele is as is, is good as, as any running back that they've ever had but boy I tell you this is the first time they, they've had good quarterbacks that coach Scheiman and I talked about they managed the game these aren't guys that were going to be able to bail you out of a third and 12 or a third and 13 situation, or maybe even throw a long ball. They were very efficient passers and uh, very good at running the offense and maintaining a rhythm. But this is the first time that they had a guy that could air it out 40, 45 yards or so if they needed to and do it with uh, effectiveness and efficiency. And that, that made them unbelievably dangerous offensively. You guys mentioned a lot of the star power that Center Grove had. Um, at what point of the game do you think really decided it and just kind of told you that Center Grove was for real and Center Grove was going to win this thing? Uh, I, I don't know that I, I felt like that at any point Westfield really had control of the football game. I mean, they, they, they played well in spots. They really did. But uh, it, it was just one of those games that, you know, from, from the time that the ball was teed up, uh, you know, uh, they do what they typically do. Uh, it, it, they they can they can do one or two things. They can come at you with a couple of different approaches. And and coach, you can you can further dissect the differences between these two. They're either going to look to strike quick by scoring a lot of points as quickly as possible. You give them the ball first, and they score. They're going to try to onside kick and get the ball back, which I saw them do against Columbus East a few weeks ago. Or they're just going to use steel and they're going to wear you down to the point in the second half, kind of like they did Ben Davis minimize their mistakes, maybe tied at halftime with Ben Davis, then run off and hide from the second half. You know, I really felt like, like Mark did, you know, from, you know, not from the opening kickoff, but really, really close after that. You know, they, they're just, there was something about this team. You know, they weren't going to be denied. They had an air of confidence. It's really hard to be the preseason number one and go through unscathed. Uh, and, and they play in a great conference. They play cathedral. Uh, they were very fortunate to be healthy 
they were very fortunate to avoid the, the, the COVID bug of not having the uh, guy, uh, guys out, or at least key players out. But I really felt like, you know, they, from the standpoint, and Mark talked about this, they like to impose their will. And they do that normally with getting in, in the wing tee and physically dominating a game and imposing their will offensive line-wise and skill players on you. Or if they need be, they could take the ball and score in two plays. And when you can, when you can win different ways, you're really hard to stop. And they could do that. And, and I'm not sure, Mark, what you thought about this, but Westfield's margin for error was so small. Right. They had to play so perfect, and Center Grove had to turn the ball over, kind of like they did last year against Carmel, to give them the chance, and they didn't do that. And this is a team in Westfield that hadn't lost since uh, week one against Cathedral. And, I mean, they'd beaten some really good football teams and even teams that had made deep tournament runs. So, I mean, make no mistake about it, they're no, they're no slouch. And, and, and Jake Gilbert, that program has arrived. That's, that's not the last time you're going to see Westfield in the state championship. I mean, that whole campus up there has been transformed. Uh, the the whole mindset has been transformed. He has uh, he has uh, he's all in in Westfield. I mean, he's not looking to go anywhere else. I mean, his family's there. He's raising his family there. He's getting involved in politics there, which why any coach would do that while they're still coaching. I do not understand, but that's just Jake Gilbert. I mean, he's he's all in for sure. And uh, I, I I'll, I'll give Coach Shive an opportunity to uh, to share a little story about how it was that Jake Gilbert came to be the head coach at Westfield High School. Somebody strongly encouraged him to take that job, did they not, Coach? Yeah, he was sitting in my office as, as we had coached against each other at, when I was at Lebanon. He was North Montgomery, and he was at Wabash College, and I was at Noblesville, and he's just in for a recruiting visit. And I sat him down for about an hour, and I said, Jake, I think you need to really think about this job. I don't want to go back to high school. I love where I'm at Wabash. no. You need to think about Westfield. I think it's great for your family. I think it's great from, you know, just the stability of, of, of a job. And an hour later, he went and applied for the job, and, and, and Loma Hills got it. And he was, uh, to this day, I, I know he talked about it at our interview process uh, on Monday or last Monday for the media day, and, and he makes no bone, bones about it. And I wasn't the only deciding factor, but I did. I felt like it was a great place. It was a great fit. Certain places are great fits. That was a great fit for Jake Gilbert. And this year, eighth grade undefeated, ninth grade undefeated, JV undefeated. They won 30 games in their top three levels. That's unheard of to what right. Mark said. They're going to be back. They're here. They're knocking on the door. They got a taste of it. You know, they understand they've got to get better. But, boy, they've got some depth and some future in front of them that's really, really bright. I think what's interesting about the if you make the comparison between those two programs, Coach and and Coach Gilbert has even said they want to be the the seven, known as the Center Grove in their region. And if you stop and think about how that campus has been transformed and how the mindset up there has been transformed, a lot of that coincides with the arrival of Jake Gilbert, much like the transformation that took place at Center Grove after Eric Moore arrived there 22 years ago. Hmm. Obviously, some great coaches, Coach Gilbert. And we got the chance to talk to Coach Moore earlier in the season, and they just completed a, a dominant season, winning their state championship game, 38-14. to 14. Friday, 2A, Western Boone, 36 over Bishop Lewis, 35. Rontale, 49 over Hobart, 7. And then moving on to Saturday, Class A was Covenant Christian with a one-point victory over South Adams. 
uh, Bishop Chittard, a 42-14 to 14 victory over Danville. And then the game you guys had the chance to call, uh, Cathedral getting the better of Zionsville, 46-28. to 28. Let's uh, take the real foot uh, segment here and talk. Coach James, you had the chance to broadcast your son, Evan James. Yeah. Uh, he was the defensive coordinator for Zionsville. Uh, what was that like? Well, he's worked closely with the legend, Larry McWhorter. And, uh, you know, obviously it was a special time for our family. And, uh, you know, the week before at the semi-state, uh, being in the stands to watch that clock wind down, I, I must say I got a little emotional. I mean, uh, I think as I posted on social media, some of you guys saw, I mean, when this kid was eight years old and playing backyard football on a computer, he wasn't using the plays that came to the game. He was drawing up his own, you know. And, and so he's just always kind of had a mind for it. Uh, he played other sports. He played golf. He ran track. He played baseball and basketball. But 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 football for sure is his passion and uh, and always has been. You know, uh, had a, a really good career at Monrovia High School. Was an all conference wide receiver and and uh, played on that 2009 team. Um, and and then you know in 2010 was a senior. He started at Manchester and then moved on to Mount St. Joe's and then you know, got a big break in his uh, coaching career uh, when uh, when my good friend Lance Scheib hired him as a, a camp coach at the SOS camps. And, um, you know, through my association of having been a part of Avon football and and uh, the, the Bless family being some of the best friends that the Scheib family has, uh, Evan was able to land his first coaching job at Avon. And uh, after a year at the varsity level, he, he took uh, the middle school program for two years at Avon Middle School South. Coach Bless wanted him to. And then, quite frankly, he wanted to get back to Friday nights. And as much as Mark wanted to keep him, he just didn't have room. Because when guys take jobs with Mark Bless, they typically don't leave him. That's what kind of guy he is. And so he was totally supportive, completely supportive. And between he and Lance Scheib and, and some other folks, uh, they were able to find a perfect fit for him at, at Zionsville. And so... You know, not only was it a special night for our family, but uh, I, I think I'm, I'm just as pleased with the fact that uh, I was able – there was nobody in this world that I would have rather done that game with than Coach Shy because of uh, our friendship and what he's done for my son's career, for sure. Well, Mark and I share a, a deep passion for our family and, and, and football. And it's uh, – you know, it, it was a great contest. It was, I think, very difficult for Mark. Uh, because of you're trying to stay impartial, and and he did that. You have never known. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, until Joe, the producer, came on and 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 made reference to it and wanted to uh, highlight Evan. You hadn't brought his name up. I brought it up because I one, he's a defense coordinator. Two, he's doing a heck a heck of a job. Had a great game plan against C Cathedral, and. Uh, you know, I, I just thought it was just a special night for the James family because it's this, I, I don't think people understand how hard it is, A, to get to the state finals. It's, you know, it's really, you've got to be very fortunate and you've got to be very good. Uh, and Evan's both. And he's taking advantage of his breaks. Uh, and, I, and I think we all want that for our children. Uh, but that was a special night for me as well because of what I, of my relationship with Evan, uh, with what I, no, Scott Turn Turnquist, Larry McWhorter, uh, Bill Peoples. It was just a fun game for Mark and I to be able to call and to be there uh, watching uh, dad, which is really what he is. Uh, even though you guys know him as a broadcaster and teacher, he's still a dad. He's a hell of a dad and a father. Uh, and to be able to, to experience that with Mark was, was really special and one that, I, that I'll cherish for a long time.
And, and, you know, the thing for me, too, I mean, quite frankly, I had a, a, a connection to both sides because, uh, you know, Rick Strife was a classmate of mine at Monrovia, a couple of years older than me. And, uh, you know, once upon a time, I, I did play-by-play for Cathedral Football on radio when, when Rick was the coach there. And and and, and Coach Shibe's good friend, Jim O'Hara, and, and Rick is now the athletic director, got the chance to visit with him before the ball game. And, uh, you know, so, you know, my son used to run around on Cathedral sidelines when I used to broadcast her football games. So uh, certainly there was a connection on both sides. And, uh you know, as you guys continue your career, uh, I, I know, Jody, you're finding this out. And, Andrew, you have already found this out as, at a very at a very early age and very early portion of your career. It's a very tight-knit community. It's very small. And uh, I, I think, you know, the six degrees of separation get a little tighter when it comes to coaching and broadcasting, for sure. Um, Coach Scheib, you mentioned the game plan that Coach Jaynes had for Cathedral. How do you make a defensive game plan for a team that's as complete as Cathedral was on the offensive side of the ball? Well, I think you, you, the first thing is you've got to take the lesser of two evils. You know, what do you, what do you want to slow down? Do you want to go, you know, from a running attack? Do you like their, you know, are, are they weak up front? Do, do they have tendencies? Do they, what can they do? And I think Evan did, did, did a great job uh, putting together multiple fronts, uh, shifting late. Uh, showing their hand, uh, you know, as late as possible, disguising coverages. I know that we talked to Nathan McCahill after the game. He said the fronts really confused him in the first half because when you're playing against an RPO team or a team that likes to run pass option, but you've got to make it confusing and you got to do something to slow down that read. And, and Evan did that in the first half and really came up with a, a really good game plan. And really other than, um, than Center Grove gave – uh, Zionsville a great chance that no one else did all year long. And so it's really difficult. I, I just liked the game plan really on both sides. Uh, but what Evan did is just, it's just a lot of work, a lot of film work, a lot of film study. But ultimately, what are you trying to take away? And in this case here, they chose to, to make Nathan a thrower, which I love the idea, even though Nathan's a great player and quarterback. You know, if you can't stop the run, then you can't win a game no matter what level that you're talking about. So I love that idea of trying to make a, a passing team. The problem was that that really no one had an answer for all year, and, and, and that was Cam Jordan. Zionsville's in, in place. Cam Jordan is going to Louisville to play baseball, had a chance to go play a MAC level football. He just was a great athlete. He made great plays, and, some, and, and great players trump great schemes all the time. Right. Well, and Mr. Jens, you just mentioned the connections. Uh, that's all about this business. And in coaching, you obviously had this connection. Uh, Coach Shad touched on it. Hard to uh, remain impartial during a game like that. I, I, I want to know from you, like, how difficult is that to remain impartial while broadcasting? But also, uh, if you could, just break down this football game for us. Well, I, I think first and foremost, you, you have to approach what you do professionally. And, and and as you remember, when I first, you know, started working with you at Monrovia, I said, make no mistake about it. We're here for Monrovia High School. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for Monrovia High School. However, I don't want to use words and phrases like we and us and things of that nature, because, you know, if if we're playing Cardinal Ritter, for instance, someone from Cardinal Ritter may be watching that that broadcast, that, that webcast. And the last thing they want to listen to is, is, uh, is a homer, you know, and, and, and I've always maintained that if you go into it with a vested interest, hoping someone is going to win, that if 
if that's not the outcome, it affects the quality of your broadcast. It affects your emotions. It affects your mindset. And um, I, I don't think that's fair to the viewer or the listener. Um, it's okay to be excited. It's okay, no matter who it is, if somebody comes up short to be a little disappointed for them. I, I think if, if I'm keeping track, I'm pretty sure Coach Scheib probably mentioned Evan's name more than I did uh, uh, in the first half. And, and, and you know, but, but I thought, too, we, we balanced that out by giving an equal amount of, of, of airtime to, to Adam Barth, who was one of the best defensive coordinators you'll, you'll find anywhere in Indiana at Cathedral. Um, so, you know, um, it was difficult from a, an emotional standpoint internally because, uh, obviously, I wanted him to do well. Uh, but in the end, um, you know, he's not yet 30 years old and he's played, he's been in that game as a player and he's been in that game as a coach. And so it's kind of like a guy I know in, in his early thirties that had the opportunity to join the Indianapolis Motor Speedway radio network. Uh, when he got invited back for that second time for the last 24 years, he's been playing with house money. And uh, I, I think at this point in his career, uh, Evan, you know, if he never gets back there, he'll have gotten there on two occasions, which is uh, more than a lot of guys get to. Uh, so in terms of the game itself, I thought that there were, there were two keys that, that certainly, I don't know that they affected the outcome, and, and I'll explain what I mean. They certainly affected Zionsville's opportunities to win the game. I, I thought that, 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 that perhaps if they get running into the kicker instead of roughing the kicker on fourth down when they went after the punter. I'm not saying I disagree with the call. All I'm saying is, had it been running into the kicker, then that's a five-yard penalty, and it would have putted the football back to Zionsville, I think, at a, at a key point early in the ball game. And then later, there was a, an interception call that I think could have easily been ruled a reception on the part of the Zionsville receiver. He came down with the football, defender laying on top of him. But when they rolled over, the defender had possession of the football, and they give it to Cathedral. And, and my point to that is when you're playing someone like Cathedral with all of their weapons, and Coach and I talked about this, you have to play a perfect football game. And that means you have to get those 50-50 calls. And those were two, I think, very significant calls that they did not get. And it, it, as I said, beating Cathedral is hard enough. But when you lose uh, two calls that that significant don't go your way, then it makes it even tougher to win. And my, from my standpoint, all I ever want, uh, and, and no matter uh, what, what the game that we're doing, I want a good game. I'm excited when it's a good game because right. there's nothing worse than it being 35-0 in the second quarter. We've done those. <laughs> yeah, and we've had them. Uh, and – uh, and so, from my standpoint, I was I was really impressed with how well that Zionsville played. They did things once they figured out that they could throw on uh, C Cathedral, and Cathedral was playing not to give up the big play. I understand they're ahead, they're running the ball well, they're doing everything the right way. Um, but it was a really fun game to be able to call because. Mark and I both had veteran interest in both sides. I am close with Billy Peoples. I love Scott Turnquist. I think the world of Evan. I like Adam Barth. Most of the staff uh, on Cathedral's uh, sideline I knew. And, and so it was, I love to call games of friends. And right. that was certainly the case in really in both games uh, that we had the fortune to be able to do. And, and the way the Zionsville battled back, I think, earned a lot of respect, not only from Cathedral, but, but from everyone across the board. And really – you know, really speaks to what they're doing at Zionsville 
and just Scott Turnquist's second year. And just, you know, you've got to have a great staff with you, and he does. Really, both sides did. But it was just a, a enjoyable game because you saw individual great plays, you saw incredible teamwork, and you saw a really, really good football team win the 5A state championship. I might well mention, too, Zionsville has another good young coach on their staff uh, to show you again, uh, to give you an idea of what these connections are like. Joey Siderwitz was uh, up in the booth talking to Coach Turnquist. Joey's a Franklin College grad and also played at Center Grove. And Joey's dad, Joe, is a coach at Center Grove. And uh, Joey's grandpa, Bill, was a longtime coach at Martinsville, where I used to do games once upon a time. So, and the coach... Kevin Hutchins, uh, who was uh, you know won a state championship in Monrovia, is also on the staff at uh, Center Grove. In addition to, as we mentioned earlier, Coach Blank. So, uh, yeah, and then you know Coach Scheib talked about his relationship with Jake Gilbert at Westfield. So, you know, you you could almost go up and down the entirety of of of, of the roster in in all six of the games and 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 find people that either Coach Scheib and I or both of us had connections with. And that I think that's another thing that makes that weekend so enjoyable for us every year. We are going to pause right there for a quick advertisement. We hope you're enjoying this show. Thank you. Jonah, do you know what is ridiculously fast? What's that, Andrew? Endeavor Communications Internet Speeds. That's right. In Indiana, basketball is everything. And if you're anything like Andrew and I, you are always streaming basketball, your favorite sports, or just your favorite shows. And hey, you're always going to need Wi-Fi. Ridiculously fast. Endeavor Communications provides Wi-Fi perfect for watching the big game, streaming your favorite shows, working, studying, and gaming all at the same time. Not only is Endeavor fast, but when you go with Endeavor, you support the whole community. Endeavor Communications is proud to serve and support our local community. From homes, education, businesses, Endeavor will keep you ahead of the game. You can find out more and see for yourself at weendeavor.com. That's weendeavor.com. And tell them Small Town Sports Talk sent you. I certainly enjoy listening to you guys. Um, you both mentioned it multiple times in the 5A broadcast. It's not often you see a 7-5 and five team in the state finals. What do you think Zionsville had to do in the middle of the year to kind of flip the switch and go on the run that they did? Uh, well, I mean, uh, they had issues. Uh, they had a couple of COVID issues here and there. Uh, Joey Tonona, the young man that's going to Notre Dame, was um, a little banged up at times. Um, uh, uh, one of their leading receivers did not – really contribute much the first part of the year while he was trying to get healthy from an injury he suffered a year ago. And and quite honestly, I, I don't know that they necessarily did all that much wrong during the regular season. They just played an awfully brutal schedule. I mean, they played primarily a 6A schedule as a 5A school, and it's a bit of an anomaly that they ended up at a 5A school because they had to make some adjustments halfway through the two-year cycle. Some schools dropped football, and as a result, they had to realign some things and then bump them back to 5A. I'll say this. The goal is, and Coach Scheib knows this as, as a player and as a coach, that no matter what the level, you always want to be playing your best football at the end of the season. I know it's a cliche, uh, but that's exactly what they did. And, and I think, the, you know, the kids hit the switch. Uh, staff got comfortable. But as much as anything, that got everybody healthy. Um, and as disappointing as it was, I think, for them to not have a chance to win a sectional championship outright, uh, they were – kind of given the sectional championship when McCutcheon had to forfeit due to uh, issues relating to COVID. But, boy, I, I think after a long season, when you play in the conference that they play against Brownsburg and Fishers and Hamilton Southeastern and Avon and, and Westfield and, and, and Pike and those schools, 
boy, when you could take two weeks off to get ready for the postseason, Coach, I, I, I think that gives you a chance to hit the round, hit the ground running, does it not? Well, you talked about this. Uh, I, I, I love this, Mark, and, and that is the end of, of the season. The last four games coming into the state championship, they were averaging 32 points a game, giving up 14. So they were playing their best football when it mattered. And that's really what you I mean. I think two, the biggest factor that has to happen in the tournament, I don't care if you're talking about the Colts, if you're talking about high school, college, whatever, you've got to be healthy. Really game nine was one of the first, or week nine, was one of the first times they were healthy all year. They, they put it two fishers and then they got rolling. And I think that really was the biggest thing. If you can just get to the tournament healthy, now you've got to get a little lucky here, um, here and there. But they were playing their best football, but they had their best players on the field all the time, and great things happened from that. And so that's really what I saw was that they got healthy and they were able to beat ranked teams. I mean, they beat a good Harrison team. They beat a good um, a, a Dwinger team. That was, I mean, those are not – and then go Valpo. Those are three teams in, in a row that – that that are ranked all season that are really good but they right. did it because they were healthy and they started getting and then they, then they gained confidence and then great things happened yeah uh getting to this point in the season we just wrapped up the 2020 season coach james you mentioned COVID issues uh coach shive you mentioned uh staying lucky uh, how lucky are we to just be able to get through this season and the six championship winners. Well, I, I think as, as we addressed over the weekend, I mean, Paul Nighting, the commissioner of the IHSAA, and of course, Robert Falkins, who was the tournament director, the assistant commissioner, uh, you know, you, you, you pat those guys on the back and you congratulate them for the job that they do. And uh, uh, but here's how they answer you. Hey, you know, we're, we're just a, a, a part of the solution. Uh, we're a part of the Army. The real credit's got to go to the administrators and the athletic directors and the coaches and the kids and everyone involved at all of the member schools throughout the state of Indiana that did the things that they were supposed to do the way they were supposed to do it under very difficult circumstances to be able to, to, to make it happen. And then furthermore, uh, there was uh, no reason other than out of generosity and a love for the game and a respect for the game and a love for the kids for Lucas Oil and the Colts to make the commitment they made to ensure that those state championships were still conducted in one of the finest facilities anywhere in the world. So, you know, it was uh, it was a special weekend. And quite frankly, uh, Coach Shiba and I talked about this at length. There was no way in August that, that we would have bet any money on the fact that we would have had the weekend that we just had. Yeah, it starts with, with Paul Knighting and his staff. I just think they, they had a vision and they had a plan. And they, the first part of that, that, that plan and vision was keep the kids safe and make sure that uh, do whatever we, we can. Once they felt their, their medical staff gave them the okay, then let's just go through it and let's plow through it. And, and they did. There were hiccups. There's going to be hiccups this winter and this spring. Um, I'm praying that we're able to, to have a, a tournament you know, this winter for all the winter sports uh, teams and spring sports as well. And, and, but it, it, it ha you have to have a vision, you have to have a plan, and then you have to be able to execute that plan and vision. And the IHSA did that. And uh, what Mark talked about, the Colts uh, really just put the cherry on top by, by, by letting us back into Lucas Oil and into here by all of their uh, standards and guidelines, which, which again, keeping kids safe is our number one concern. But I really felt like it was a team effort. 
and it really was a team team uh, doing this, but it really, you know, again, from the Colts and the ITSA, they really uh, were adamant about making sure these families, these communities, these schools have the opportunity to, to finish in Lucas Oil, and boy, we we're so thankful they were able to do so. Yep. Well, you guys uh, also both mentioned connections, and uh, as the cliche goes, it's all on who you know. I want to ask about your guys' connection. Uh, how did you guys meet? Uh, what was the first game you guys did together? And how did you guys build this relationship that you have now? Uh, well, not that many people like me, so he seemed to. And uh, so I, I figured I'd latch on to him like grim death. But uh, years, <laughs> years ago, Emma's Communications uh, had me doing streaming for high school football and basketball. So they decided at the RCA Dome that we would do all five games and stream them separate from the television broadcast or the radio broadcast. And they asked me if I would do all five. And I said I would because we didn't have to do a halftime show. and We didn't have to fill time in between games. And for whatever the reason, I, I, and, and he could tell you exactly how he got asked, but it, it wasn't me. I mean, we were kind of forced together. I had Dave Pash, the current coach at Lutheran, uh, former coach at North Putnam. Dave Pash did the one and two A games with me on Saturday, and then I I had Coach Shive for three, four, and five A. And and you guys will find this out. Uh, you well, you know, like for instance, we we made our IHSAA Champions Network debut, and Andrew told me that how much more he enjoyed working with Max Gilly on the girls game than he did Jonah on the boys game. And so, right. Andrew, you know, sometimes it just works, and for whatever the reason. He and I just worked. So the very next year, when I had a chance to do radio, they said, hey, do you, do you have anybody you'd want to do color with you? And I said, you know, I really enjoyed working with Lance Shine. And uh, they said, okay, that's fine. And then about four years later, I think it was, uh, they asked me to move to television, and, and I drug him along with me and put him on TV. And, uh, and, and the rest, as they say, is history. And then we got to talking about where we – we spend spring break and where we spend Christmas in Florida, we found out that we're like three miles from one another in Florida. So uh, we, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, it's, it's one of the most, most fortuitous things that's ever happened to me being paired with him for sure. And uh, uh, I've, I've been blessed to work with a lot of people and enjoy working with the number of people that I do, but uh, he's, he's at the top of my list for sure. If I, if I, if I'm picking and choosing. He, uh, from my perspective, you know, he makes my job very easy. When you work with the very best, it's really simple. And, you know, you guys watch broadcast because this, this is what you want to do. And you can, I don't care what sport it is, when you come back and you listen to how Mark does uh, the racing and then how he does uh, wrestling and basketball and football, uh, he's just the very best. And so he's – taught me so much. Again, I'm a, I'm a, a high school football coach. I've been a football coach all my life. I've, you know, if you have told me, you know, when, when I was little, I'd be broadcasting. I was born with a cleft palate. I had a, a hole in the top of my mouth. I stuttered like there's no tomorrow. And I mean, when I was your age, I, I was talk, talking like, 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 like this. And I often, you know, talk to Mark about this. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to hold anybody back here and how can I make this, you know, make this better? And Mark has been very patient. He's been incredible with just giving me tips and into what I can try to get better at. And I'm far from being, uh, you know, 
where where I want to be, but I'm I'm so much better just be, because of him. And the, the thing that we laugh at, we I love doing games with him, but I truly enjoy being around him. You know, our number one thing that we talk about before every game, the one thing that we care about is where are we going to go eat at. <laughs> we we, we want to make sure we have. And by the way, that, that's on him. He should be built like me because he's always one of us to know where we're going to eat. <laughs> we went to the Greek Island on Friday night because that's what we do. On Monday, we we went to a Shapiro's. That's what we do. And and we just we have a great friendship. And to his point earlier, it just works for us. And we you know and we just enjoy our company outside of work more than we do inside of work. And we love working together and that that was that's probably been the best part because 08 it was a year that we started working together and it's been just a blessing every year and and we just have a lot of fun but we the the relationship that our wives have now and and we and he and i have in florida and and just doing things outside of of our of our broadcasting really is what makes doing the broadcast so much fun right for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, recently we uh, we met his wife, uh, Coach Scheib, and his wife for dinner at Maggiano's on the north side, and we were there for three and a half hours. And it, and it wasn't because the service was bad. I mean, we just got to talking, and he and I were talking, and they were talking. And so, you know, it, it, as I said earlier, when you guys asked me about what it was like to be a part of that broadcast, I mean, just the last, you know, two to three minutes of this conversation should be a – it should reaffirm why there was no one else I would have wanted to share that experience with than him, that's for sure. Um, we've had Mr. Janes on before. So really quick, Mr. Scheib, um, if you don't mind, just talk about the SOS football camps, your background in football. I know you have a son at Texas A&M. You played at Purdue. Just kind of go over all that if you would. Yeah, I, I am the luckiest guy in, in the world. I still argue I played with uh, what I think is the greatest high school uh, player in Indiana history and Jeff George. Uh, Jeff and I have been best friends since the fourth grade. And uh, through that friendship, we won a state championship. First time played indoors, the RCA Dome. Went on to be a four-year letter winner at Purdue. Uh, was the youngest head coach of the state of Indiana at, at age 25. Uh, and football has just opened up so many doors. Head coach at Lebanon, head coach at Frank Central, head coach at Noblesville. Uh, I've been doing the SOS uh, football camp since 1998 with my dad and Jim O'Hara, and we have about 190 coaches at Workforce. Uh, the camp has been great. We also run the Colts 7-on-7. Seven seven. I'm right now currently doing Finch Creek flag football. So football opens up so many doors, just like this broadcasting. It's, it's, it's brought me in front of great people like, like you guys. It's put, it's put me in one of my best friends now, Mark Janes. And, you know, my family's been great. My, all three of my boys were uh, involved with Purdue football. My youngest still is as a manager. My oldest is a, a assistant ops director for for A&M football. And so it's just, you know, it opens up so many doors. I, I just feel so blessed to to be in, in this great state and, and be able to have the relationships I have because of football. And, and it's a it's an incredible way to make a living. And I could think of no other way, no better way to, to do what I've done for the last 20, 29 years and be a football coach, broadcaster and running camps in this great state. Coach Scheib, Coach James, uh, thank you so much. We obviously we're gonna have to have uh, Mr. James on. Mark James, I mean you are Coach Scheib, but all the 
sports that he does, racing, everything else. And Coach Jibe, I feel like we barely touched the surface of everything that you're doing and have done in your life. So uh, we'll have to get you guys back on. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Well, guys, I want to congratulate both of you because uh, Coach Shive, I, I think I told you about it and how proud I am of it. I mean, uh, both Jonah and Andrew were very instrumental in our first ever live stream uh, video and audio broadcast of high school basketball on the IHSAA Champions Network Wednesday night. Andrew was gracious enough to, uh, well on his way to an outstanding career in broadcasting as a freshman at Ball State. Uh, Jonah, it's the first year in our program, but it's as though that he's been there all along. But uh, he, along with a couple of other of our students, uh, were, were pioneers, essentially. I mean, you, you, you know, they, they were the first to ever do that. And, uh, and uh, really proud of them for the efforts that they put forth as part of a history-making event. And, and, guys, always a pleasure to be on your show. I, I, I love you both, and I'm very proud of you. So, so thank you for, for uh, uh, allowing me to spend a few, times with my, a few, a few minutes here with my, my good friend here tonight. Well, thanks, Coach. And we're going to actually leave you on one more quick segment. It's, uh, it's going to be pretty fun. It's our 60-second speed round brought to you by Endeavor Communications. So just to wrap things up, we got five quick questions for each of you. Okay. Yeah. All right, so how we're going to do this, I'm going to start with Mr. Janes, and then I'll go to Shy. We just have five quick questions. We typically go from 60, but with two of you on, it'll be a little different. So uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit. What's your guys' favorite restaurant? Uh, I would say Caddy's Pub in Indian Rocks, Florida. Yeah, Caddy's, oh, Caddy's, oh, there's no doubt. Um, what are you guys' favorite professional football teams? I'd say I, Green Bay Packers. Colts fans. Yeah, I'm a Packer fan because of my son. Boo. Boo. Uh, favorite sport to broadcast for Mr. James other than racing and for Coach Scheib other than football? I love doing basketball. I've really enjoyed uh, uh, doing that. I've, uh, I've been able to do that for, for the last about six years as well, so that's been really fun. I always like baseball because it's a much more leisurely play, a pace, and especially the state championships, because there's no better view than above the uh, above home plate at Victory Field. You guys are given $1 million. What is the first thing you would buy? Ooh, I would buy a, a, a home in St. Pete Beach. Uh, right next door to him. <laughs> and then lastly, what's your guys' favorite TV show? Oh, The Office. Is there a question? I'm I mean, old school. I love – I watch every rerun possible of Cheers. I, I, I got to say Parks and Rec is right there, but it, The Office and Parks and Rec probably my two favorites. Absolutely. That's all I got all for right. you guys. <laughs> Thank Thanks you so much. much. For joining Small Town Sports Talk, brought to you by Endeavor Communications. Uh, it's Andrew Willett with Jonah Freeman, and today we're very lucky to be joined by Mark Shanes and Lance Scheib. Andrew, I, I want to give you a little flashback here. Jonah, nice job. Andrew, nice try. Yeah, you missed it. <laughs> I appreciate it. To our listeners, make sure to check out Small Town Sports Talk wherever you listen to podcasts whether that be Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. That's SD Square.